name is Kristen. And this is Keontae. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the Crafted, Crafted Podcast. Podcast. What's going on, everybody? How you doing out there? Are you doing your Barry White voice again? Or nah. Barry Manilow, whatever his name was. Oh my gosh, those are, those are a couple different people. Barry White and Barry Manilow. That's the same person to me. <laughs> no, it's not. Absolutely. But anyway. Absolutely it is. Uh, how you guys doing out there? Um, hopefully you're doing good. Um, we thank you guys for tuning into our podcast, tuning into Craft It. Um, we have a special treat for you today on this episode. A special treat is me. Yeah. Oh, you I'm nah, girl. You ain't a treat. You a, you a whole meal. Oh, okay. A whole entree. Oh. You know, like when you go to them fancy restaurants and they have the prefix meals. That's you. You no, the. No, you I, the. I, hold on. Let me tell you what you is, girl. <coughs> You the appetizer, the two main courses, and a dessert. And sometimes they give you like a little glass of champagne or something towards the end as well. A little nightcap. That's what you are. I'm the whole menu, honey. Hello. What is it? Mastro's, Fleming's, Catch. Boa. Boa? Nah, I like the penthouse. The penthouse. You ain't never even been to Boa. You don't know you don't know about that life. That's I okay. haven't I haven't showed you the world yet. Oh, okay. All right, well, let's start off our first segment with our let's get deep question. Okay. Okay, today's question is, where is the best pizza from, in where your opinion? is the best pizza from? Yeah, in your opinion. The best pizza is from, I don't know, I guess, it used to be Pizza Hut, maybe BJ's. Well, no, not like, I mean, I guess you could do like restaurants like that, like delivery restaurants, but like what region, like what region has the best pizza? Oh, like a state? Yeah, like a, like a state or, or any New York you've been. You, you think New York, York. you think New York pizza is the best pizza? I absolutely do. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, we've been able to, the, the good thing is that we've been able to travel um, a lot of places, and we've had we've pretty much had pizza like all of the pizza staples. We've had pizza in New York, we've had pizza in Chicago, we've we've been to Rome, Italy, and had pizza in Rome. Thumbs um, down to it Italy's was, pizza. Yeah, it was well, Italy. The pizza in I'd Italy have was Little Caesars. <laughs> the pizza in Italy was just different because we're so accustomed to American pizza, um, and pretty much the American pizza in Italy just doesn't exist <laughs> like they don't have pepperoni pizza out there it's a what was it like a it's like a salami it's like a spicy salami and i did not appreciate the salami but um i mean it was some of the pizza and they, it was and they right. their pizza out all day i don't appreciate that, that was that was a little crazy but the one place we went to they heated it up like they put it in the oven so i'm just hoping like if there's any bacteria on it like it got burnt off in the oven i don't know i ain't even thinking about the bacteria i just don't want no hard pizza that's left out that's crazy but the pizza really like it was it was okay it was but, very 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 below average but i would say that my favorite pizza is chicago style pizza oh my goodness um well actually like I said, we've been to most regions, uh, different regions. I must say, I've had Detroit-style pizza, but not. we haven't been to Detroit yet to actually have it there. But out of all the pizza that I've tasted, bruh, Chicago-style pizza, their deep-dish pizza, especially now, when you, if you go to Chicago, you know, I think the you know the big staple is everybody wants you to go to Giordano's. You have to go to Luminati's, though. Luminati's with the deep-dish pizza, bomb. 
honestly, better than, better than New York pizza. Not better than New York pizza. I'm telling you. Honestly, in New York, you could go anywhere and get good pizza to me. Even yeah, the, dollar, this is basic. the dollar pizza was good. The pizza is big and has lots of cheese on it. And they serve garlic powder with their pizza. And it's so good. But I feel like it was just basic. You know what I mean? Like, we were just going... They do have just, like, two bros pizza in New York. They just had that, like, on every corner, almost like a Starbucks. But it was just, you know, like, oh, let me grab a slice of pizza. But, like, Luminati's, first off, we had to wait. We had to sit down and order our pizza. And then we had to wait, like, what? It was, like, 40 minutes or something like that. Then they brought out the pizza. Matter of fact, I got a picture of her doing, like, this huge cheese pull from eating the pizza. Bruh, it was just Chicago style. All my Chicagoans, y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, let me go to Luminati's and then go to Harold's. Give me some chicken, some fried chicken with the. I think it's like like mambo sauce they have. We talking about we talking about pizza now. We on chicken. I'm just saying Chicago. Chicago really got my heart for food. Really. At at this point, we are house divided. So should we hop into our forever? Yeah, let's see. Let's see what you what you got on this segment. Okay, so. In this segment, we are going to be talking about The List. Do you know what The List is? No. (laughs) This is the list that you may have had prior to um, getting married. Like, you know, your ideal list of what you want for a person. And a person? Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, what was your list? Mm. If you remember. Um, I mean, I really didn't, like... I don't really remember, like, my list. Like... Me, you know, I'm kind of like a like a free spirit type of person. So I really didn't like have a list of saying like this is what I need and, and this person and check this off. It was more so like let me meet the person and then like how the person makes me feel. You know what I mean? What they, you know, what they feel out in my and in our, our energy mixing together. That's kind of how I know. Like when like for you, like I didn't really have a list. Although like you've had you have you know great qualities that I, I obviously needed in my life. Um, and that I'm, yes, I did. And yeah, and that I'm thankful for. But I never really, you know, I never was the type to just like kind of just create a list. I guess that's, you know, people that are into astrology, I guess that's just kind of the Scorpio in me, like the hopeless romantic, the deep lover. Like I just more so was just on like energies, you know, the, the, the energy that the person gives off, the mm. type of quality of the relationship that we can have. Um, and then from there, it's just like how I see you attached to my future or not okay so your list was emotional that still sounds like a list to me so your list was my emotional list was just, yeah. emotional energies matching well, yeah that sounds so I poetic guess. i guess wow. you can say that so yeah i i did have a list actually mm-hmm. so my list was well did i meet your list Let's talk yeah. about that first. We here. We 13 years later. So yeah, 15 years later. But that doesn't yeah. mean that I met your list necessarily. Listen. Okay. So my list was I wanted a man to be six foot two and above, dark, handsome. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted somebody who was like very swaggy. You okay. know, it was a lot of physical attributes on my list. And then um, like since I was only like 18 or 17, I met then like, 
I wanted somebody to, um, you know, have a car or a job at least, you know, like some type of future goal, future ambition type of thing. And my religious, um, my religion part of my list was that I just wanted somebody to go to church with me. Because mm-hmm. I figured if you were to go to church, then Jesus would do the rest, you know? Like oh, with he any did. person. Definitely. And so that was my list. And did you meet all the criteria on my list? I mean, handsome, handsome. And handsome, I mean, that's the list right there. No, that was not yeah, the list. Yeah, I mean, I met that. You did meet some of the criteria. I was definitely handsome. I'm definitely team dark skin. I'm part of the dark skin society. Um, swaggy, when you met me, I was wearing do-rags and Jordan retros. So not swaggy. Pretty swaggy. For, no, pretty swaggy for 2000. No, what was that, 2008? No, no, no. That wasn't my Bruh. version of swaggy. Do, uh, do, 2008, 2008 with a do-rag, some retro Jordans no, and a... And a that was, did I have a throwback jersey? No, I wasn't on my throwback that jersey. Was, that's ghetto swaggy. <laughs> He was ghetto swaggy. I was. Talking I was. About, I was in my active phase. I was wearing no, active shirts. Yeah, that was ghetto <laughs> fabulous's finest. Like no, we was. Ta- I, when I meant swaggy, I meant like you know, like fashion forward. You feel me? Like you were above your. That was fashion, fashion forward coming no, from Compton. No, that yes, coming that from was, coming from crease khakis and four four <laughs> X was, tall pro he clubs. Was legit, he was legit. I was legit, wearing skateboard shirts. He was legit wearing dickies. <laughs> Brown Jordans and not brown Jordans. Well, that's like when you was, first saw like me. Like they was old, but you know, he was like Jordans that were brown. Like, now I had some like Jordan 6 utility boots. Oh my they God. Were, like, he had a, these... It was a special edition like Jordan. He's proud, guys. He's proud man, of Yeah, his... I don't even know. I don't even. Man, that was crazy. I was back in the day. He's so proud. But yeah, so no, you did not check all the items on my list, but you did check the. Oh, and I wanted somebody who was loyal. You know, oh, for sure. So he checked Lord some of the soul. items off my list. He um, was not six foot two. I'm a short king. <laughs> you're not, you're not short. <laughs> nah. He's like five. Nah, I'm six he's, feet. He's not <laughs> six feet. He's like five eleven. Girl, uh, six he's feet. Like What's up? <laughs> he's like five Dang. eleven on a good day, but that's okay, you know. But most of the stuff you did meet, and so. That leads me into like settling for marriage because, you know, I hear people say don't settle. I hear people say you're going to settle. And so Mm -hmm. what is your what do you think about that settling in marriage? Do you think most people settle? Did you settle? You know, Mm -hmm. and what does settle even mean to you? Well, I'll say first off, like settling, um, if it comes to the majority, do the majority of people settle in their marriage? Um, I don't think so. Um, I think that I think that the word settling um, is kind of like a charged word because oftentimes, like when you're in a late when you're in a relationship or when you're like starting a date, um, you're right. We do have like this list. Um, you know, people when they're dating, they have this list that they just want to check off everything. He got just like you said, he got to be six two. He got to be six deuce. You know what I mean? He got to drive a Porsche. He got to have a four hundred one k. He got to be team Darcy. Blah blah blah. You know what I mean? But what happens with those lists is that sometimes we get bogged down with those lists, and 
we kind of find ourselves never being in relationships or like it takes us a little bit longer to get into relationships because we're focused on this list. I think okay. the reality is that once you kind of throw away your list, not like throw, not throw, throw it away in total, but once you let the better word is refine, once you refine your list and come to the thought of like, okay, I just need somebody who can meet the major requirements because everything else is kind of like superficial. You know what I mean? Like for instance, like, my list would be like, does she love the Lord? You know what I mean? Um, and loving the Lord, meaning like, does she love Jesus Christ? That way we could be compatible spirituality in, in the spiritual sense. You know what I mean? Um, is she compassionate? Is she caring? Like, I want somebody who aligns kind of with my values. Not even kind of. Oh, you're so noble. I want somebody who aligns with my values. Yeah, like, I want somebody who, you know, I could take you down a scared row and we can volunteer together. But, you know what I mean? I don't want to be with somebody and be like, oh, we, we going down there? Like, you know what I mean? Kind of like stuck up. So, yeah. So, I think we, yeah, when you, when you make a list, you want to have your majors. But everything else is kind of superficial because I feel like that, you know what I mean? If you continue to judge people by, like, appearances and, like, I don't know, other other things on that list, you might just miss your blessing. And did I settle with you? Heck no, I didn't settle with you. I, I was swinging upward with you. Um, I didn't came up. Oh, oftentimes, I really do not. Nah, oftentimes, like, no lie, I really do sit back and I'd be like, dang, I can't believe I can't believe I back there. <laughs> like, oh, bruh. Oh I was God. showing somebody, I was showing one of my coworkers oh, your cookbook the other day. They was like, dang, that's your wife? I said, bruh, I know. I know, me too. <laughs> You're so, so corny. So I'm, I'm saying. Y'all. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm just kidding. So now, but what's your take on so, that? Like, so you think you think me, most the majority of people settle? I think that what you just described was settling. How? I think, how is that settling? I think settling. Not no, not settling. You settling for me, but how uh, you were saying like you refine uh, your do. list. And mm-hmm. I think that um, settling the word settle has a negative connotation to me to it. Oh, but, definitely. That's why I said it's a charge word. Yeah, yeah, I think it has a negative connotation to it. And so because of that, people are going to be like, I didn't settle. I didn't settle. But all settle means is that you've reached an agreement. You know, you've reached a resolve, basically. And so it's essentially refining your list and, you know, and taking some things off. And so I feel like that in that regard, everyone settles. I do. Hmm. I feel like everyone okay. settles because you're not going to find someone who checks all the things on your list you know you might find somebody and so in that regard you do settle you know because it's kind of like a a feat that's not impossible because you might be able to find somebody that's everything on your list you might be looking forever i mean we see those uh those women on tiktok who their man is like six five he makes like $300,000. $300,000. She's a stay-at-home wife and then he takes her to uh he takes her to um Target so they could just walk down the aisles and surprises her with roses and writes her poems and you know all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know it might be out there, but I guarantee you're not going to find every single thing on your list. And so in that regard, I do feel like people settle and I think that you said, you know, like, oh, you can't have those. The the rest of the things are superficial. But I feel like people in general are superficial. Like, let's be real. Like, we could talk nobly and all that thi- and all that stuff. But if somebody were to be like, would you rather have your wife have a, a, a extra eye on the side of her head or would you not? People go be like, oh, I'd rather her not. You know mm, what I mean? I want, her, I want her to be able to look out for me. No. 
But, you know, (laughs) realistically, though, you know, people are going to people are superficial. People are shallow. And you want somebody who you're attracted to physically and emotionally. However, though, I do think that that emotional attraction is going to outweigh the physical attraction because, you know, the physicality is not always going to be there. But really, in marriage, the emotional part might not always be there as well. So you never know. That's just that's the crazy thing about marriage. You know, you marry and you say for better or for worse and you never really know. And then the last thing I want to say is like, you know, in the Bible, it talks about, oh, um, God, God judges, no, man judges by appearance, but God judges by the heart. So listen, I'm not God. Okay. Oh my God. I'm not. And you not either. And most people aren't. And so therefore just, it's our human nature to judge by appearance, you know, in a sense, you know what I mean? And so I don't think that it's shallow and superficial to have, to to want to be attracted to somebody but you can let go of some of the some of the ideal you know what i mean like he ain't gotta be a six two with abs of steel and with green eyes and dark and you know and and uh and hair like um jason momoa maybe he maybe he dark and and handsome and that's all you need you know and five foot one (laughs) <laughs> but see, that's what I mean, like, when it comes to... Because when I mean by, like, superficial, I just mean the things that, like, aren't deal-breaking. You know what I mean? That just, like, mm, that's not a deal-breaker. Because, of course, like, if you're going to marry somebody, most of us, like you said, we're kind of... You want to be physically attracted to the person. But some of us, we, like, we have these lists, like, we looking for Will Smith. You know what I mean? And you're not always going to find... for him to slap somebody? You're not... But you, no, I'm you're not... Playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not always going to find Will Smith. You can find someone who might be close to that. Just make sure you don't find won't Smith. You know what I mean? I and <laughs> and you'll be straight. But you know what I mean? Because for some people, yeah, physical attraction is a lot of things. But then you got those people that are... I forget the term of it. It's like... Um, when you're when people are attracted to like intelligence like that's what i think it's called like is it sapiosexual or something like that something something around it but you know you get too deep it's a bunch of turns but yeah there (laughs) but there are some people who like don't really even look at people like in the physical sense but they're more so just attracted to their intelligence or attracted to like i said the energy and the aura that somebody gives off they could marry a dolphin or an octopus but that's not a person that's a that's a thing or animal people is weird people just make up stuff to me honestly but yeah so I just think that, you know, at the end of the day, everyone settles. Or if you don't like the word settle, everyone refines their list. Everyone refines their list. But yeah, so that's all I have for um, the forever segment. You ready to hop into parenting? Yeah. Which is our roots and bloom. So I was kind of thinking of oh, what kind of topic do I want to do today? But I say let's let's take it back to the past. Because I enjoy talking about, um, you know, just childhood and how we're raising our own kids and things like that and, mm-hmm. and how it correlates to the present. So what I have a couple questions for you. Okay. What do you like about how you were raised? And then what didn't you like about how you were raised? About how I was raised? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, the thing I like about how I was raised... Um... <sighs> I would probably have to say, like, I liked being raised in, like, a, a big family. Um, not just having my siblings, because, like I said, I'm the oldest of seven. 
um, with my mom. But like growing up, when we grew up in Compton, like we lived in a house that included my family, like my mom and her kids. Uh My uncle lived there. My two cousins were kind of like in and out or whatnot. And then we lived with my, my grandparents lived there as well. And so you can imagine like there was just always just kind of family around. Um, and so I did like the aspect of just kind of being raised in that like large family type of type of unit. Okay, so a family zone. Um, like yeah, the family, family zone. zone. <laughs> but you know, and then also too, even even while living in Compton, like my mom, like you know, my mom did the best like to make sure like we were protected and like safe and things of that nature. Um, but I even with living in where we lived at, I think my mom gave me a little bit of a you know a little bit of like leeway to just like kind of go out and explore. Um, I didn't explore so much to where I just got in, like, crazy trouble. But, like, she trusted me enough. Like, my cousins used to live, like, close to me. Um, like, my cousin David and my cousin Georgia, like, they used to live on a street called K Street that was, like, right adjacent um, to the block that I lived on. So, you know, I used to always, like, just walk over there, walk around the corner, um, ride my bike over there, and we would just all just be kicking it. Um, and one of my aunties lived on K Street as well, so... Yeah, like, but I think that just kind of goes into just like family unit. Like, I like I love kind of being around family. Okay, and, so you um, like the freedom and you like the family. Yeah, I like the freedom. Now, what I didn't like uh, growing up, <sighs> what didn't I like about growing <laughs> up? Um, Maybe your childhood was perfect. No, it wasn't perfect. To be quite honest, this is gonna seem funny because it seems like, like okay, so you like larger family, but I kind of didn't like the I didn't like the not having space. Okay. <laughs> so even though there was a bunch of us and there's a large amount of family around, which I did like, I did not I, I didn't like not having like my own space. Meaning like growing up. Um, and the house that we grew up in, it was more so like we used to all kind of be in one room with my mom or whatnot, or like, you know, me and my brother were like kind of sleep in the living room and, and things of that nature. But like, I never kind of grew up like when I was young, like of having like my own room. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, in the movies and stuff, like having your own room and, yeah. and decorating and things like that. I always had to kind of share my room or, you know, share a space either with my brother, my siblings, you know what I mean? Or my brother. Um, and so that's probably the only other, that's probably the only thing I can really think of that I didn't like about growing up. Like, I think my mom, I think my mom was, was, was strict enough. Um, she wasn't like too overbearing. Um, I think that, you know, the stuff that we were able to do, um, you know, we didn't have like that much money, um, to do just big, amazing things like going shopping sprees and all that stuff. But Man, what we did have and what my mom was able to produce, like, I couldn't tell the difference, really. Okay, so that's good. That's really good. hmm Okay, so, you want to know what I liked and did not like about being raised? What? So, really, what I did like is that, really, my mom was really an authoritative parent before there were authoritative parents. So she was big on love, and I've always felt loved. I always felt nurtured by her. Like, she never complained about being a mom. She never yelled. She never, she didn't hit us. Like, she was really, like, a tender, loving, compassionate, teaching mother. And so um, I do really, really appreciate that. My dad, he was big on teaching too. And he was, um, 
Yeah, he was big on teaching. And so I feel like I learned a lot of things from my parents and I feel like I was able to to have a good grasp on on life, you know, by the time I was 18 or or by the time I was turning 18. And I think that I always felt that support from my mom. Like I knew I always had a place and that support for my parents in general. Like I knew I always will have a place to go back to, a place to rest on, a place to be, you know, taken care of and loved and nurtured and all those good things. And so honestly, that was, um, that's my favorite part about my childhood. Mm -hmm. And then um, the thing that I would like, that I didn't like that much was my dad was more authoritarian. So I just don't think that it's really, um, I think that kids should be able to explain themselves and express themselves. And I think that I was not able to express myself the way I wanted to. And I think that, um, you know, even though my mom was a safe place, I think that sometimes their values were really old school. And so, you know, kids were supposed to do immediately what you were told to do without question. And sometimes you didn't get an explanation or anything. And so I think that, um, that I would have really thrived from an environment that was more conducive to expressing myself, having my own feelings and thoughts and being able to at least have a discussion regarding, you know, whatever the expectation was. And so I guess that's hmm. the thing I really didn't like. So, okay, yeah. Good stuff. So, um, what do you think you um, can change about yourself to be a better parent? Um, it's definitely like having the patience, um, with our kids. Like, like I always said, like I said in the previous podcast, we were raised in the nineties. So like I said, my mom was strict, but it was like 90s strict. So, you know, the type of strictness she raised us with, like I was just accustomed to it, but it was the kind of the old way of parenting. You know what I mean? And we're trying to raise our kids in a different type of light. You know what I mean? Like more you know just a gentle type of parenting and the toughest and the toughest part for me is just like really kind of just having the patience with them like if i tell them to do something oh man especially my daughter if i tell her to do something she gotta stop and try to explain to me what she wasn't doing or what she was about to do and i'm just like girl just do what i said you know what i mean and so that's more of the the aim that my dad took you know yeah, but for example, like if, if I say, "Girl, uh, go put your blanket on the go put your blanket on the bed," it will take her eight minutes to get that blanket on the bed because while she's on her way to take the blanket to the bed, she has to stop and go up and down the stairs for something, then stop and talk to Josie about something, then come tell me about something before she's even done what I asked her to do, and so. You know what I mean? Like I said, growing up with the habits that I grew up with, it's just like, okay, my mom said to do something. I got to do this. You know what I mean? Wasn't no, like, let me go off on a side adventure, on a side mission, and and let me just get to this part and when I feel like getting to it. Like, no, go just do what I said to do. Right that instant, huh? So, yeah. I mean, and for some things, I feel like it's important. Like, okay, if I'm telling you to get out the street, I'm not telling you to get out of the street for you to stop in the middle of the street and explain to me why you already in the street. <laughs> Just get out the street because a car is coming. You could tell me about all that stuff later after you've done what I said, told you to do. 
Yeah. I think a lot of times though, kids can truly differentiate between when is a time that they need to, you know, urgently move. I don't know about this one. And so, you know, but taking a blanket up the stairs, like a lot of times that can wait. And as long as it gets up there, it's fine. Like if you really think about it, you know, once you really start to dissect, sometimes I feel like when we get upset with kids, you know, it's because things are not done at our time or on our expectation level, but sometimes it's not even when it's a rush or anything, you know? And so, I mean, I, I do too struggle with that. Like, no, I want you to do it right now. But then sometimes I'm like, was it even a big deal that she was taking her time? Like as long as she Mm -hmm. did it, you know? And so I think a lot of times as parents, we have the ability to like make things bigger than they are. Like, you know, we start, oh, well, if she's not listening to this, then, you know, you take it to the street. What if I tell her to get out the street? Then she's not going to do that. But a lot of times it doesn't really translate that far. Now, if it's like a two-year-old, yeah, but like a seven-year-old is going to know like, oh, streets are dangerous and they're going to be able to say streets are dangerous. I shouldn't be in the street. Now, two-year-old ain't going to be able to, oh, I don't have to listen to daddy. You know, it's different. So at Josie, that's the age that you really want to, you know, make sure you get that compliance. But as a seven-year-old, I feel like it's not as important because, you know, they are starting to form their own thoughts and their own rationale. And, and a lot of the time they're able to differentiate between something that is truly important and something that might not be as important. However, it's annoying for us parents because we'd be like, okay, like, girl, I didn't even ask you to do that much. Go ahead and just do what I asked you to do. But I think that it's also important to, you know, allow kids to express themselves and have their own rationale. Or we could even, a simple explanation, hey, I want you to do that now, and then you can explain to me. Mm, okay. Instead, though, you know, we go back and forth, we get mad, all that good stuff. But yeah, so something I'd like, were you going to say anything else before I'm not I start? It. So something I would like to change about myself um, in parenting is really... I mean, I, I, I connect with my kids really well, but I think something I want to change is more enjoying the moment. Cause I feel like a lot of times, um, I'm in the hustle and bustle of, of just life in general. And sometimes I could get so caught up in, I need you to do this right now. I need, uh, this done. I need to, I need to make dinner. I need to, to clean up. Everything is messy. And I get so caught into all the details of every day that I'm not like really spending the time and taking the time to enjoy the small moments and the moments throughout the day. I mean, I do take time to like connect with them each day. However, I think I could really, um, just tone it down, tone my, tone my organizational, tone my, tone my, um, you have to have everything done this way and all those things down quite a bit so that, you know, I could really enjoy those moments with them. And so they don't always remember mom was always trying to get us to do this, always trying to make sure we was uh, finished with our homework, make sure we're reading, make sure we're doing this, check it off our list. And so, yeah, huh? that's it. That's okay. parenting. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to our lifestyle section. Um, so today, man, we're going to be talking about what is my favorite topic. Um, if you don't know by now, music. 
Oh, I just love music. Music is just, it's just so freeing for me. It's so but, sleepy for me. But specifically what we're going to be talking about is two concerts that I was able to go to um, this past week. The first one we're going to be talking about is 50 Cent and his final lap tour. So what this final lap tour is about is that it's 2023 now and Get Rich or Die Trying, which is 50 Cent's first album, came out in 2003. So this is the 20th year anniversary um, of this album. Um, and of course, like, you know, 2003, I was 13, so I didn't get to really go to the tour when he had his original Get Rich or Die Trying tour when the album came out. Um, so this was a nice little trip um, to this concert. Me and my brother went. Um, and it was it was pretty interesting, man. One thing I kind of really like loathe about live shows. Well, I love live shows. First off, I just love the live live bands, live instrumentation, the sound. But the thing that I'm noticing, like a trend with concerts, Is and what? it's and it's because it's like the social media age. It's like people, I, I, like I'm not understanding if people are actually enjoying the concert anymore because literally people have their phones out like the majority of the concert trying to record it. And I'm just like, are y'all actually enjoying the concert? <laughs> like, literally, okay, like, like before 50 Cent came out, right, it got dark, the lights went off, or whatever, because, like, in the, in, like, the background music started to play, like, the background sound effects, so we know he was about to come out. Literally, once the arena got dark, everybody took their phones out, getting ready to record them for when he came out, and literally, by all the light of the screens, it low-key lit the whole arena up halfway. We was at the we was at the Staples Center, now known as the Crypto.com Center. People, and I'm just people like... Gotta, people got to show everybody. They got to be like, listen, look at me. I'm so cool. Yeah, I, I hate concert. that, though. I'm just like, hey, just enjoy yourself. Like, like now, like, I'll see, I understand, like, okay, if it's intermission or, like, when y'all just get into the venue, you know, you and your group take a picture or, you know, you get in your seats before the show starts, you kind of take a picture or whatnot. Or even if you just take a picture of 50 Cent here and there. But literally, like, there was a, there was some girls behind us. They had their phones out like, almost the entire time. First off, I'm like, how much storage you got on your phone? That's number one. <laughs> And then I'm just like, number two, are you actually experiencing the concert through your phone you at just this put point? Your elbow up. No, I mean, no, she could do what she do. It wasn't really bothering me to that point. It just bothers me that we're just kind of living in a society where like nobody's really enjoying anything anymore. But it doesn't not to even go not to go way off tangent. We're, we're all addicted to our phones. Yeah, I was say not to go way off tangent, but it could even be like just going to like an amusement park with your kids, like a, a show with your kids. Like everybody is like kind of set on like getting the video, video down, enjoying it. You know what I mean? But it's not. But then for the most part, it's not even video. Like oh, I'm taking this video so I could like put it on my hard drive for you know in the future no, we can all look media, at the video. Yeah, stunt. yeah. Everybody's like, just okay, making video all, just to put on their. You know, just to put on their reels and stuff like that. So, but anyway, back to the concert. But, bruh, like, this was a this was a pretty dope concert. So, for me, I got, like, a... Actually, I got, like, a three-for-one. So, I got to see three performers, um, three artists that um, I love that are, like, in my top 10, top 20 rappers and lyricists list. So, first off, we have Buster Rhymes. Um, Buster Rhymes and Split Star, they low-key kind of, like, opened up the, um, the concert. Um, so I got to see Buster Rhymes perform live. That's an experience. Like if you get a chance to see Buster Rhymes perform live, you want to do that because like even at his age, 
Like he's energetic. Of course, you already know he got the hits. Um, so that was dope. Um, when Fifty Cent came out, you know you have Fifty Cent. Not only did he this perform was a high school reunion tour. Yeah, not only did he perform, you know, Get Rich or Die Trying. He went through a bunch of his other. He went through a bunch of other hits. He got man, and one thing which I've already said, like you know, when verses started, bruh. Everybody be talking about like, oh man, you know who gonna do a versus with Drake or who gonna do a versus with Lil Wayne, bruh. One person you don't want to do it versus with is Fifty Cent. Like when you really when you really boil it down to all the hits he got, bruh, it's it's ridiculous. Like it was so ridiculous. Me and my brother were like, listen, we're kind of listening to his set list to see like what songs he was gonna pick. And bruh, he didn't even play like a bunch of his. He didn't. He left like a bunch of his hits out of the rotation. Did he play in the club. Of course, yeah, he played in the club. But I'm just saying, like, he had a bunch <laughs> of other hits that he just left out the rotation. I'm just like, bro, like, he would literally, he would seriously be a problem if whoever's trying to go, go against him in the verses. But um, all in all, man, the 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 concert was cool. Um, there was some controversy with this particular concert, with this particular show, um, because you had the woman, he, he threw, hit, yeah, he threw a microphone and it hit a woman in the head, and like she had to go to the ER. That's which, wild. yeah, which I read a statement, and a woman said, "No, he threw that microphone at me purposely. He looked at me in my eyes and then threw it directly at me." Us watching the show, which we had pretty good sh- seats. Shout out to my brother Greg. Um, he got us some some nice seats. Like I seen him throw the microphone, and it's because oh, one other thing too about his concert, like he brought out a bunch of guests, and so what happened was he ended up bringing out YG like for a set, right? And when YG came out. YG's microphone wasn't working. So then 50 Cent, of course, handed YG his microphone so YG could perform his song. Um, but in between that, so my, 50 Cent took the dad microphone and went to exchange it with somebody else. They gave him a new microphone. Then that new microphone wasn't working. So then he exchanged it one more time and he got the microphone and then turned that on. And then that microphone wasn't working. So that microphone so that microphone was the one he actually threw. I just think he got frustrated because he like, bruh, like I'm putting all this money into this show, trying to make it perfect. And y'all can't even get the microphone microphone situation right. But low key, come on, like control yourself, sir. Yeah, that's, I mean that's wild. Yeah. So what? So when he threw it, what I seen like he tried to throw it backstage, and it looked like he tried to throw it on the ground. What I think happened is once he threw it, I think it ricocheted off the back of the uh, setup he had, and I think that's when it went into the crowd or went into the pit where where the lady was at. Um, so, I mean, that's unfortunate. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she's going to get some money. That's so nice. Yeah, but I say, I'm pretty sure, knowing 50 Cent, he's just going to settle out of court with her. Um, he'll probably, I don't know, meet up with her or something like that. Totally sorry if he didn't already do that. Um, but I mean, that was an unfortunate. But other than that, yeah, like he brought out YG. He brought out Chris Brown. Um, he brought out my favorite rapper of all time, Nas, well, my favorite lyricist of all time, Nas, which was a great moment because him and Nas had beef back in the day. And it's good to see them patch that up, too. Um, so that was a great experience um, with this concert. Now, the second concert that I went to, speaking back on social media, I didn't even actually physically go to this concert, but the amount of y'all posting videos and video clips and pictures and all that stuff on TikTok and Instagram, I felt like I was at the Renaissance tour um, this What's past that, weekend. The, is that the Beyonce yeah, concert? Yeah, so this is Beyonce's, uh, this is was Beyonce's Renaissance tour stop Now, y'all um, Beyonce fans is cray cray. Now, why are they crazy? It's Queen, it's queen B. She's What's wrong, not, What's wrong with that? Queen, okay? 
Look, that's the that's the queen bee. All right. Everybody be. Everybody I'm part of the beehive. Be so, uh, that's that's so <laughs> ugly. Don't don't tell me that. What's up? You ain't you ain't we ain't down the beehive. You're making me dry up. Oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> um. So back to Beyonce. Dry. Bruh. Bruh. Deserty. She had she had like I remember when Taylor Swift did her tour. They were talking about the the amount of money that Taylor Swift was gonna bring to the city of L.A. because of tourism. Bruh, I'm trying to figure out how much money Beyonce brought because even while I was down in LA, um, I ran to some people that flew out here from another state. It, one of the per, uh, one of the people is from another country. He came specifically out here. He came from Africa to see Beyonce perform, and I'm just like, bruh, must be nice. Yeah, I'm like, bruh, I'm to get like you, my boy. So I'm just trying to figure out like what's that, you know, what, what kind of revenue she's bringing to the city of L.A. But um, while she was at this tour stop in L.A., which was very special because this past Monday was actually her birthday on September 4th. Um, so that was like a real special show from from all, everybody's TikToks that I saw. Um, That's a real special show because it was her birthday. She had Diana Ross come out and sing happy birthday to her. That's wild um, that somebody would do to would work on their birthday. Yeah, I mean, well, she's doing what she loves. Um, The dope thing I think about it is, like, I think the concert is supposed to actually start at, like, 8.30, but she waited until 9.04 to actually go out on stage. Is that the time she was born? Well, no, it's 9.04, so September 4th is her birthday. Oh, Um, I'm so... So anyway, I thought that was dope. Kendrick Lamar came out. Uh, They did a song together, um, America Has a Problem remix. Um, But it was dope, but it is interesting what you say, like... I don't think, you know, we, I wasn't, we were alive, but I wasn't cognizant of like Michael Jackson's like gravitational pull when it comes to him doing like tours and concerts of that nature. But bruh, first off, the amount of people um, that I seen like just getting tickets and really like going to the show. Um, there was one person like who went to all all f- uh, four shows she had in L.A. throughout this weekend, and I'm just like, bro, like that's serious dedication. You that's had weird because who the heck needs to go to a concert four times? It's the same concert. Well, they, you know, Beyonce, Beyonce, she's just the whole experience. Like, for example, there's concerts, like there's people that do music shows, and it's just kind of them with music playing in the background and they're on stage. You know what I mean? Okay. Beyonce, Beyonce is giving you an experience. She got background dancers. She got background dancers for the background dancers. She got a giant screen. I, like, I've seen a lot of concerts. I don't remember seeing a screen this large. Actually, the only screen I can compare it to is when her and uh, Jay-Z went on the On The Run tour. They had a giant, on the On The Run tour too, they had a giant screen in the back of them. But like this screen was like interactive. Like It was crazy. Um, she had that going. You got Blue Ivy coming out working. I posted on social media. I was like, I hopefully, hopefully Blue Ivy uh uh turned in like a ten ninety nine for him because Beyonce got that baby working. I mean, she's been doing all type of dances. <laughs> she's been doing photo ops, all type of stuff. Um, but I think the the most amazing thing about Beyonce's tour stop in L A this time is that she actually ended up breaking a record. And so now, so the Renaissance what tour. Did she break? So the Renaissance Tour is now the all-time um, top-selling record, top-selling tour for a female artist. Um, so she made 
over four hundred and sixty one million dollars for this tour so far. Um, so wow, the person that yeah, the person that she beat was Madonna. Beyonce, Ma- if you listen, can I have a million? Man. Um, so Madonna had a tour called that was the Sweet and Sticky Tour. This was back in like 08, 09. Um, and that tour finished off with $411 million. And here's the crazy thing. It'll pay for my student loans. Yeah, here's the crazy thing. <laughs> Beyonce is already at $461 million and broke this record. But she still got like eight shows left. In different in different states, like she's going to they're going to Canada. Um, I think she's going to Seattle too. Like she's going to a couple of other places. So she still Is she has going more to other countries too. She still has more tour stops. Um, I'm not sure if um, she's doing any other countries because I think I'm 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 confused if she did the if she did her outside countries first before she came to America. I think she I think she did her um, outside of the country tours first. Oh, okay. Because I know for a fact, I know 50 Cent did his outside um, America tours first. Well, 50 Cent's concert was different, tour is different because he did a certain amount of outside the country tour shows, then he did America, and then after America, he's going back outside the country. So, man. Sandwich. Uh, man, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing to see. But like I said, her just breaking that record and, you know, really holding that down because... Like tried and true, like when you really look back at you know, like I said, my when we call him the question like Michael Jackson, really the only person you could really could compare her to on an entertainment level, like dancing and all that stuff, like the total package, and now tour wise is Michael Jackson. I don't think there's nobody else that can really pull this type of you know, this type of pool of people into just coming to see them perform. And just like you say, like you like, who wants to see a live show, bruh? Not only is the music great, it sounds it just sounds great live. Like I said, people are going for the experience. You had a bunch of people dressing up, looking like the Tin Man, um, out there for this Renaissance tour because the dress code was they were so shiny was wearing so silver. Um, I did like all the outfits. I did enjoy the fashion. But yeah, so that was dope, man. Um, but yeah, happy belated birthday to Beyonce. Um, you know, your number one supporter, Beehive member Keontae. That, just, I'm so embarrassed, just... guys. <laughs> nah, but I like Beyonce. So I mean, Beyonce, Beyonce is great. I had a, I had a hot Beyonce take on my, on my uh, Facebook a few months ago that got, <laughs> that got a bunch of people riled up. But I'm gonna say that, I'm gonna say that for a later day. Or if y'all go on my Facebook and and, and find that out. But um, I do love Beyonce though. Um, I think that, you know, I think it's really a great testament that Beyonce is um, at a point where she's at and she's still making she's still making good music, even at this point in her career. And like in comparison, like her and 50 Cent almost kind of debuted at the same time, like, you know, in 2002, 2003 ish. That's when Beyonce went solo. That's when 50 Cent's debut came out. And they're still like amassing giant crowds beyonce of course with new music 50 cent is touring this album off a 20 year old album and he sold out the staples center that's a that's a twenty thousand seat arena you know what i mean so which is funny because jaru (laughs) jaru had an interview a week before i went to this show and somebody was asking him about 50 cents music and jaru was like man 50 cent is irrelevant like he's not he's not relevant in music anymore but here he is selling out the Staples Center. Because he had all y'all old heads out there. But hey, but like I said, Ja Rule said this. And here, here 50 Cent was selling out the Staples Center. And I went, when we were driving on the freeway back, Ja Rule performing in Morongo. 
<laughs> he's performing in Morongo in a couple of weeks. And then Morongo, I think the Morongo Theater holds like, what, like 400? Oh, no. So 20,000 to fly 400? Like, that's just crazy. Yeah, Morongo probably holds more than 400. <laughs> it ain't 20,000, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, man, that's, that's the end of my lifestyle section. Um, of course, the song of the week um, is going to be Beyonce, uh, One Plus One. That's probably my favorite Beyonce song. Um, I think that, man, on there, she's just vocally killing that guitar instrumental. Psh, it's, man, that's that's top notch right there. So if you've never heard that song, go ahead and um, look down the in the description and click our song of the week. Everybody's also, heard that song. I don't think so. Like, I was talking to somebody at my job because, you know, you got Beyonce haters. I was talking to somebody at my job and like, they were trying Beyonce to say. I'm not a Beyonce hater, but I don't think, she, I, I don't know. I think that people are nuts yeah no no that was just, somebody at my job was like i don't get they're like i just don't get the draw and the allure of beyonce like i think she's just okay i liked her more when she was with destiny's child i was like what destiny this child is also a person a this is also destiny a person child was a vibe though yeah destiny child was a vibe but dang beyonce I Beyonce, like, I Beyonce is a whole movement. I, I, I don't know. I used to be jamming out to the Destiny's Child when like, I was like nine. Like Destiny's Child are classic. They're record breaking. They're legends. Absolutely. But they ain't Beyonce. Just like the Jackson 5 legendary they are group. Beyonce. The Jackson 5 legendary group. They got hits, but they ain't Michael Jackson. They ain't Michael Jackson. Ooh, he excited. Come on now. Y'all hear that throat? And I'm just saying, I'm just I'm just giving you facts. You know what I mean? And you and, and the crazy thing is you know, you know, man, I'm you know, I'm team Kelly Rowland all up and down all day, every day. And I'm but, team Kofi. But you know what I mean? But <laughs> None of them had, like, when they all went solo, like, none of them had the Kofi career that Beyonce solo. had. So, he's solo and he has a great career. No disrespect, no disrespect to them. Because Kelly did, I told y'all I was going to bump like this. That was that was a little bop. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Beyonce is just Beyonce. There's, yeah, I, there's, like I said, the only comparison is, is really Michael Jackson. She's a female Michael Jackson out here. So, there you heard it. Yeah, man. Um, but from that, the music man's mouth. <laughs> well, that has been our episode for today. Um, if any of you guys listening, if you guys went to the Beyonce Renaissance tour, man, uh, leave us a comment. Tell us exactly how that was, how that experience, what that made you feel. Like, was it really an experience for you? For you? Was it just mid? Was it just I? Right? You know what I mean? Like, how was that tour for you personally, up close and personal? Um, so let us know that. And also in our comments, um, go ahead and rate us, give us a rating and, um, five just stars, please. Yeah. Five we're looking stars. for five stars. And also just let us know if there's any topics you want us to cover, um, that you, you know, are looking forward to hearing or, you know, maybe that you thought were interesting, um, that you want to hear us talk about. Um, so leave us some topics, leave us some questions, um, just leave us some feedback. Um, we'd appreciate it. Um, so as always, we thank you guys for listening. We thank you guys for tuning in. We know there's a million podcasts out there, literally, um, but you're spending time with us and we don't want to take that for granted. Um, so thank you. Um, and as always, we'll see you guys next week. God bless. God bless.